0: do you want to get over some bad habits or maybe you're thinking of getting a mentor or are you struggling to stay connected, especially now with COVID? These are some of the topics that I will talk about on the 100th episode of Dynamic Women. You're listening to the Dynamic Women podcast. Each week you'll be inspired by our global community of women. They'll share with you tools and stories to help you be dynamic in every area of life. He's your host, award-winning coach, and the CEO and founder of Dynamic Women, Diane Rolston. Hello there, lovely Dynamic Woman, and welcome to the Dynamic Women podcast. I am Diane Rolston, your host. And yes, we are talking about all the things that you wanted to ask me. So let's start off with one of my clients, Paula Kent. She has asked the question and she's an author. So her her questions and her wording are always very thought out. So here we go. Why do the destructive patterns emerge so quickly when situations or life get stressful? So basically, why do we go back to our old patterns our old bad habits. So think right now, like what are your bad habits that you have? I know for me that as soon as I get busy, I stop sleeping as much. I stop exercising. I stop having free time. I become an irritable mom. I maybe don't eat as well. I also don't spend as much time with my family. So all of those things go away and I lose my balance. And so this is this is where Paula is and where so many of my clients get. So your first tool or your first way to really battle this is with the Wheel of Life. And so many of you listening have used the Wheel of Life before if you haven't reach out to me, Diane at dianerolston.com and be like, I want to do the wheel of life and I'll hook you up. So the wheel of life is a professional coaching tool. And what it does is it really shows you a bird's eye view of what life balance is like for you at the current moment. So not three weeks from now or three weeks ago, when maybe you had things all nicely balanced and not where you hope it to be and not, definitely not where it was a year from now. It's like today, how is it? How is your balance? And it is really measuring how, how satisfied are you in each area of life. And it's going to quickly tell you where you're not satisfied. It's going to quickly tell you where you're off balance. And so when you have these destructive patterns that emerge so quickly, that's going to give you that kind of right in your face, where am I really losing it? And then you get to make a decision. Do I want to do more in that area to make that better? So that's the one piece of it. Now that you look at it, you're going to now be able to think, okay, well, I definitely see that my health is hindered. My friends are hindered. My house is hindered. Okay, cool. So now I'm going to make some goals or some new habits around those areas. So that's one thing that you can do. Another thing you can do is have a really set maintenance mode that you go into. So life, yes, gets stressful. Things happen, right? Maybe you have a friend who all of a sudden her husband left her and you have to be there to pick up the pieces. Maybe you have a flood in your house. Maybe you have a big project that comes on or you get sick or someone else in your life is sick and you have to care for them. So those are all kind of these quick, unexpected things that happen. Or maybe you knew it was going to happen because you had a big project coming up, but life gets stressful. You need to know what you do in maintenance mode, what you do when things get crazy. So things that you can do is, okay, so this week we're going to order one of those meal services, or this week I'm going to pull out those frozen foods that I've already created, or I'm going to just buy food like frozen pizzas and lasagnas or whatever. So I know that the food compartment, the food area of my life can still be covered. You can also think of in maintenance mode, maybe that's where your house just doesn't get cleaned. In maintenance mode, rather than you booking a time to go to the gym or do a class, maybe you just make sure that you get out for 10 minutes and you go for a walk. Maybe during maintenance mode, you reach out to your friends and say, girl, I love you, but I cannot see you for the next two weeks because things are crazy right now. Maybe this is where you ask or you tell certain family members or friends that you need their support. So you need to know which areas of your life can you dial back on, which ones can you bring in maybe some other easier solutions to make that area better. So maybe you get a house cleaner that week just to help you out. Maybe you just hire someone to help you in your business that week. So just think of when life is crazy, what can I do to support myself? So I could just call that maintenance mode. So rather than you trying to fill all 10 areas and be perfect and amazing in all 10 areas, you really get to dial back in those certain areas. And maybe there's just four that you focus on. I know when my son broke his femur, there was definitely a lot of things that I had to do in order to go into maintenance mode. I've seen this in clients when, you know, they were maybe on a leave of absence, were building their business. And then the company was like, you need to come back to work full time now. Otherwise you lose your job. And so all of a sudden they're back in a full time, but also doing some, you know, on the a business on the side. So just have that maintenance mode, use the tool of the wheel of life to really see where things are at and then have a little grace with yourself. We fall back into patterns because they were easy or for some reason they supported us before but you have now either leveled up your personal life and like who you are, or you've leveled up other areas of your life and you don't want to undo the good work that you have already done. So if you already have a really great morning routine, you already have a really great health routine, you already have really great relationships. You don't want to undo those by going back to those bad habits. So have a little bit of self-awareness, write down all the things you don't like once you figure it out and put a, a easy plan in place where one by one, you can start to get back into the thing, swing of things. Okay, so maybe that that answer hit home for you and you're like, man, I need to do that wheel of life. So again, reach out to me, dianadianerolston.com or comment below. And uh, I'll make sure that you can get that because that's really going to help you. Okay. So the next question I have is from Diane Webster and Diane has asked, how can I go about getting a mentor? Well, you know, the thing is you really have to ask yourself, first of all, what do you want the mentor for? What's the purpose of them? Because when you say mentor, usually people mean like someone who will volunteer their time to support you, but a similar person who will support you is a coach or maybe is a consultant or an advisor right? And so you have to think, what do I want this person for? And is it fair for me to be asking them to support me in a certain way? If you're wanting someone to give you guidance, give you advice on your business, then you really should be paying the person if it's like an every week thing and you really want them to be teaching you things or guiding you along the way. Now, if it's just someone that you want to check in with, talk things over with maybe once a month, then there are some organizations that do have mentorship services. So where. It is a free thing. It is a program that they run. One of them that I know of is FWE Forum for Women Entrepreneurs. And so you can sign up, you can be a a member, and then you can become a mentee in their mentor program and they'll match you with someone based on your goals. But again, you need to know why do I need a mentor? What am I hoping to get out of this? So I've actually done their program before, which is really nice because I feel like I mentor and coach so many people that was really nice to sit in that seat. Even though I do have coaches that I hire for specific things, it was nice just to have someone in a you know with a specific set of skills that just really to have a conversation with. And so when I was thinking of getting into tech and supporting them and supporting the women in tech, because I'm really passionate about supporting women, especially in male dominated industries, or to get ahead in, in their leadership skills. So I was paired up with a woman who was very high up in a very powerful international software a development company or engineering company. And so she was a smart cookie. And it was really cool. Like every month, I was just like, hey, this is what I'm working on. And then she would just ask me things like, well, what it, have you thought of this? Or did you know that the industry is kind of like this? Because I had no idea. And it's not really like I could go hire a coach for the tech industry. So it was very specific. So again, what are the goals that you want? What type of relationship do you want with them? If you don't find a mentor through one of these programs and you don't want to hire a coach, advisor, or a consultant, and you want to just, you see someone that you really want for them to mentor you, then you have to come to them with a really good proposal, So I've had some people in the past, just, you know, basically email me and say, I want to be a coach. Can you tell me what to do? Can you mentor me? And I'm like, well, that's, I think, where you hire me, because I'm going to take my 10 years of knowledge and dilute it down for you and make it super easy and share all of my documents with you and all of my best practices and everything that's worked. I think that deserves to be paid because that's what I do. However, I've also had people come to me and say, I would really just like to talk with you about, you know, starting my coaching practice. And I, and I'm like, sure, meet me where I am. So maybe I'll go for a hike with them. And the girl's like, sure, but how do I take notes? I'm like, you just record, turn your record on your phone and let's walk and talk. And so I've mentored people that way. Just come to them with a plan. Like I would really like to chat with you once a month. I will come with an agenda and that's always important. Don't make the mentor work for you. Just have them show up and and be in their brilliance with you and then have an end time. So if you say, I hope that we could meet for six months for once a month, over zoom, I'll send you the agenda in advance, like make it super easy for them. And also you should probably come at them with the, and this is what one of my coaches has explained. So A lot of people will approach me or whoever they want to be mentored by or whoever they want a favor from, and they lead with their bib on. So this idea, if you can imagine of of taking a napkin and sticking it on your shirt and saying like, serve me, you, I'm coming to you for you to help me with a bib on. I have that all the time. And if you want to be a guest heads up on the podcast, don't email me and tell me how amazing you are. Email me and tell me how amazing the show is and show that you've actually listened to an episode and tell me why my people would be you know having have a really great result from listening to what you say don't just talk about how amazing you are in the book you put out and all that so that's coming at me with a bib and so if you want a mentor you need to come at them with the napkin on your arm like a waiter does in a fancy restaurant the idea of they've come to serve so if you have come to serve so maybe the mentor is really passionate about working for a specific charity And you know that, or this mentor has a new book out. Well, why don't you start, you know, jump on social media, start promoting their book for them, make a donation to their, their favorite organization, or start the conversation by email with these two points, these things that is are important to them, then talk about you. So don't go in with a bib on, go in with the, the idea to serve, because really you're asking them to serve you. And so make it, make it a no brainer. If you just say, I want you to mentor me, that now makes them work for like, well, what does that mean? And now we have to have a conversation. So make it easy. So laying it all out. This is what I would like. This is when it will end. Are you open to that? Generally they are, and they'll be more generous. So I'll say like, sure, you can have 30 minutes, but usually I give them like an hour or more and a follow up call. And I'll end up sharing some stuff. But if you come in looking for everything, you probably will get nothing. So good luck with uh, with finding your mentor. I trust that I've given you a bunch of different options to go with. The next question comes from Jill Kelly. And she's asking, What has been your biggest challenge in growing Dynamic Women Global Community and how did you overcome the challenge? Well, Jill, there have been numerous challenges and I'm really going to pull the curtain back here. So Dynamic Women started in the beginning back in 2013 because I was just really pissed off with networking and I was sick of showing up at networking events, people already having their own ideas of what a coach was and not wanting to talk to me or meeting a network marketer or relationship marketer and not wanting to talk to them because thinking that their business is in a real business. And that really started to annoy me. And I also felt like networking was a lot of card slinging. So it's like, here's my business card. I do this, buy from me. And then the next week I'd show up again and they're like, here's my card. This is what I do, buy from me. I'm like, I know I met you next last week, like, hello. (laughs) And I was just getting annoyed and I really had to look at it and be like, okay, are you gonna keep being annoyed about it or are you gonna do something about it? And so I decided I need to do something about it because I also had clients coming to me and saying, Like I want to make friends in my industry. I'm a real estate agent, but no one else wants to talk to me because they feel like I'm going to steal all of their ideas when I really just want to collaborate or connect or support each other. And uh, other women are like, how do you make friends over 40? I'm like, oh man, yeah, that is an issue. Because if you're not in a workplace, so for my business owners, or even if you are in a workplace, it's like, how do you get over that? um, Oh, is this person trying to sell to me? Or, oh, we're just work friends. And sometimes we get friends by situation. So we're friends with people because our kids are friends with each other. We're friends with people because they're our neighbors. We're friends with people because we work with them, rather than actually choosing our friends and almost interviewing silently who we maybe want our friends to be and then pursuing that relationship. So that's how it started. And I thought, I'm just going to run this. And I'm, it was funny because I posted it like in the middle of the night on meetup and I called it dynamic women in action. And I thought, I really hope people sign up. And I can remember the next 48 hours was me freaking out because people were not signing up and thinking that me charging $10 for the year to show up was maybe too much. (laughs) I was freaking out and that's like nothing. And the funny thing is, as I learned out later, because I've actually taught people how to do a, a really good launch on Meetup, is that it, it can sometimes take 48 hours for that initial email to go out. So no one knew the group existed. That's why no one was signing up. So the challenge in the beginning was my confidence in running it. And as soon as I saw that I had like 30 people showing up, I was so pumped. I ran the event. And then the next month I ran the event again. And then the next challenge was we actually had a way wait list within 24 hours of me posting the event. And I didn't realize what that was doing to the women who wanted to come. So I'm at an event, it finishes up, I'm chatting with the other ladies. And one lady, she needs to go, obviously, she has her coat on and that. And she says, Hey, Diane, I just want to know, when are you going to post the next event? And I said, well, why? And she goes, well, just like, when you leave here, like when you get home in like 10 minutes from leaving here or tomorrow morning. And I said, why are you asking? And she says, well, I have about an hour's drive home because people were driving far from far away from cities beyond Vancouver. And they would, she would said, well, I have two options. I can sit in my car for the next 15 minutes until you get home and post it. And then I can sign up or I can rush home now if you're going to post it in an hour or I can take my time if you're going to post it in the morning. So it was instilling some fear in the women that they wouldn't get a spot. So then, one of my challenges was well, how do I serve everyone if not everyone gets to come? So I opened up another location, and then I opened up another location. And then another location until I had eight locations. So eight, I think it was five cities, eight locations, uh, all the way from Maple Ridge out to Squamish. And I was leading them all myself every single month. Well, that takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of energy. And when I actually broke it down, because this is what you need to do in your business is break down how long each of your tasks take. It took me about a week to just lead the events. Because each event was about five hours because I had to drive there, set up, welcome people, run the two-hour event, talk to people, pack, you know, pack it up and then drive home. So that's one week of my month and I was charging $10 a year. (laughs) Now we eventually got it to $10 an an event because this was just supposed to be my, my give back. So my next challenge was making this an actual business because it was never meant to be a business. But when a good idea is presented, a good idea sometimes turns into a lot bigger. And so that's what happened with this was I had to take a step back and I had to make it into an actual business. So then what's the next challenge? I have a almost three-year-old and I'm eight months pregnant and I'm still running eight locations. Plus now the behind the scenes admin of it all is probably taking me another week. So two weeks of my month are towards this when my coaching practice didn't have as much time or development and I was just about to have a second child. So what did I do? I actually pulled it back. I pulled it back and I said, I will run one location. And what did everybody say? But what about me? Now I have to drive. I had some sleepless nights thinking about how mad people were at me for closing, even though I was just about to have my second baby and there's no way I could be driving out to these places with a newborn. And when I had other people leading it, people didn't show up because they wanted me. So there were lots of lots of problems on the way and challenges but you know what I see now in looking back is that I just didn't I made the choices I made because I didn't have the information that I that I then needed and once I had the information I could make an informed decision. And what I also learned is it's my business. it was my give back. I am allowed to do it how I want it within reason right but it's my business and so I encourage you with your business run it how you want it and if some people are mad, whatever, you just have to stick in integrity, you have to stay in your values. And as long as it works for you, and for your vision for what you're doing, then stick with it. And you know, in all honesty, now with COVID, uh, we're just running these online events. And the biggest challenge in the past few years is everyone thinks that they can run their own group. And so there is a lot of competition. And I'm okay with that. Because what was my original desire to run this group? I was sick of surface level networking. And so there's all these other women's groups that are popping up and have popped up over the years. Great, because they are actually serving the same mission that I had to provide a place where women could come, where women could have open conversations, not feel judgment, make friends, and make business connections if they wanted to. So The challenge is you have to look always for the growth. You have to look for the learning. And at the end of the day, you have to be able to make the decision that's best for you. Okay, so the next question is around, uh, I'm struggling without connection with all the COVID restrictions. How can I connect with others? I feel so isolated. And so first of all, I'm sorry that you feel isolated. Uh, This question was shared with me from Tara, but I think that she said that she got a bunch of her questions from other moms. And so first of all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you feel disconnected you <laughs> And the crazy thing is we can feel isolated or a lack of connection really anytime, even when we have lots of things going on, um, not just through COVID. So first of all, my heart goes out to these people, especially the people that live alone or the people whose, you know, kids are at school all day and they're alone or the people that um, are seniors and they live alone. And I really, my heart goes out to you first of all. And so let me give you a quick kind of plan of action here. One. I would tell your, the people that you trust, family, friends, loved ones, connections, even acquaintances, and tell them how you feel, because maybe they feel the same way, but they think you're busy. And just that honesty could just open that up. One of my friends and I, we have been terrible at keeping in touch, absolutely terrible, but we love each other dearly and we're not mad at each other about it. But we started having phone calls once a week, every Thursday morning, she's driving to work, I'm walking on the trail and we have a conversation. And the more you talk with the same person, The more you get rid of the fluff and the small talk that is kind of at the surface and the more you're able to actually talk about the real feelings that you have, whether it be isolation, loneliness, disappointment, depression, anxiety, whatever. So that's one thing. Another thing that you can really think about, because this is going to take, really it's going to take three things. It's going to take you to get really clear about what you need and what you want to bring in. It's going to take a little bit of creativity during COVID to figure out how can I even make this happen? And then it's going to take a little bit of action on your part. And so here are some ideas on how you can find other people and connect with them. So you can go on meetup.com and see what events are happening because they're all going to be virtual and join some events. And some of them might be in a hobby that you like. It could be um, bird watching, stamp collecting. I don't, maybe not stamp collecting, but <laughs> but it's going to be like maybe video games or whatever. So reach out to these type of events where you know that you're going to be on a topic that you already like. And so you're going to start to build connection that way. Also look for places that already have community. So there are women's groups there are churches, there are other organizations that already have things happening. So you can go for meetup where it's like an individual running it, you can go to an organization. And you can even think about like, can you play uh, Pictionary with a few of your friends over Zoom? Can you have a movie night where you're watching the same thing and you're all on FaceTime? So if you have some friends, you need to be creative in what you're going to do with them. If you don't have friends, then you need to put yourself out there and start connecting with others. Maybe there is a neighbor that you like that you could, I know we can't get together, but maybe you could invite them to go to the park and sit, you know, six feet from them, invite a few people. Maybe you could do, oh, there's a local place that's doing a wine tasting thing. So you get like a bunch of people together and everybody's in their own home and everybody does a wine tasting. So you really have to look for ways that you can really put yourself out there and connect with other people and then make it a continuous thing that you do. Just like I have with my call with my friend and be honest about where you're at, because really that's, that's the thing. If people don't know that you need to hear from them again, designing relationships, creating some boundaries or opening your boundaries might be the better thing for you. And while you couldn't see us right now by us, I mean the lovely, Candice and the lovely Lindsay who joined me today and I want to give them a special shout out a special thank you for being my little audience for smiling at me when I answered the questions and in between questions I paused and I got their feedback and we had some really cool conversations so if you want to be part of a future taping of the dynamic women podcast please reach out. And so as we wrap up here, there are just more questions than I can actually answer in this time. And so don't you worry those questions that I receive from listeners, from clients, from members of my dynamic Women community, I am going to answer them in future episodes. So if you also have a question, please email it to me, just make the subject line podcast question. And then let me know what you want me to answer. You can email me at diane at dianerolston.com. And yes, that is my personal email. If you like this episode and any of our other episodes, please make sure you subscribe and share with a friend. Sharing is caring. And so until next time, my lovely dynamic woman, stay dynamic. Bye. Thank you, dynamic women, for joining us today. Please hop on over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review.